welcome back to the Voices of Care podcast. Um, and I have two very special guests here with me today to talk all about student loans. Uh, Paula Craw and Tom Bailey from ECMC. Paula and Tom, thank you so much for being here today. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Tammy. So to get things started, um, Paula, can you tell us a little bit about you and your team at ECMC? Yeah, Tammy, I'd love to. Thanks so much. So we are a, ECMC is a nonprofit based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and our mission is to help students succeed. So what we do in our work is we provide financial literacy and college access resources for students and families around the country. And we're super excited to be with you today, Tammy. So thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Um, you know, student loans and, you know, a lot of high school students are going through the process of thinking about paying for college. And there's really a lot of mystery around the financial aid process. You know, how do young people get started? Yeah, Tammy, that's a very good question. One we get frequently. The very first step in the process of paying for college is filling out that free application for federal student aid, also known as the FAFSA. The FAFSA is the gateway to more than over $120 billion in federal, federal aid provided through the U.S. Department of Education and their Office of Federal Student Aid, and that's really to help you pay for college. But one thing to keep in mind is that there may be some additional forms your financial aid office will require you to complete, and they'll let you know. That's great. That's great. So you've got the FAFSA. You filled it out. Um, and any other form that your college requires you to submit, what happens next? Yeah, that's a great question too. So you, once you've done that, uh, the required steps, you'll receive a financial aid offer. You, this term is often interchangeable with award letter. So when you hear financial aid office offer and award letter, they're the same generally. So you re receive that from your college and that award letter will provide your costs for the upcoming year. So it'll include things like tuition and fees and books and living expenses. And then it will also detail the types and amounts of financial aid that the college is offering you. Sometimes it'll come along with your notice of acceptance and it may also be available online. So it just depends on the college that is providing that to you. So once you get this information, I mean, it's always a recommended practice that you need to read the fine print, but for student loans, why is this really important for students to look at the fine print? Right, um, read the offer very carefully to make sure you understand all of the terms and conditions. Also on that award letter, you'll have the option to either accept, decline, or reduce any of the award that's been offered to you. So you don't have to take the full package. And then finally, the financial aid office may require you to complete some additional paperwork, such as a loan application or any type of institutional applications. Again, they will notify you if that's the case. Thanks. Um, so. You've got the, can you talk a little bit more about what's in this offer letter that um, students need to pay attention to? Yeah, so the offer letter is, can be a mystery as well, but it will generally include certain elements. Not every offer letter is going to have them in the same order, but it should generally include first and foremost, your cost of attendance. So again, that's going to be things like tuition and fees, maybe housing, a meal plan, books, transportation. 
there will generally also be two categories of things included, costs that are fixed. Those are direct costs, things like tuition and fees. Other costs are indirect and they'll be based on your personal budget. Those are things that we refer to as indirect costs and they're things like your living expenses. So an example would be, let's say you decide to live at home to save money your living expenses may be far less than the amount that your college allows you in that cost of attendance for your living expenses. And then I'll turn to Tom to talk about the other elements of the offer letter. Thanks, Paula. When financial aid officers award your aid, they're going to list all of the free money first. And those things are, um, those are things like grants and scholarships, and those things don't need to be repaid as long as you continue to meet the requirements of the particular grant or scholarship. Then there's something you may see on your award letter called work study. And this is a part-time employment opportunity that may be available to students who qualify and also indicate on the FAFSA or the institutional applications that they are interested in work study. Additional paperwork might be things like a job application. You also um, get an added benefit from work study because it may help you reduce the amount of loans that you need to borrow. And this point here is especially important given that we are in a, um, a pandemic situation with COVID-19 a lot of the colleges are offering these opportunities to students to virtually do work study um, from their remote locations. Yeah, and then finally, student loans will likely be listed. And the important thing to note about student loans is they're not free money. They have to be repaid. Now, Oftentimes on the offer letter, it won't be readily apparent that it is a student loan that's being listed. So look for keywords like direct, subsidized, unsubsidized, parent plus, grad plus, and know that you can accept, decline, or reduce any of those amounts that you choose to. So look at the loan amounts carefully. So once you have your cost of attendance and your eligibility for grants, scholarships, and work study and student loans, how do you know what your final out-of-pocket costs will be? Yeah, another great question. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has a great new tool to help understand your financial aid offers. Now, this tool helps you make a plan to pay for costs your aid may not cover. It also offers student loan help to decide how much you can afford to borrow, and it helps break down some of the more confusing jargon and provides money-saving tips as well as points out potential pitfalls. Great resource. Go to consumerfinance.gov to check out that tool. That's a, that's a great tip. And in the news, we're hearing, you know, there are a lot of families that have been impacted by unemployment. So if you filled out the FAFSA at one point and things have changed, what happens with your financial aid if your parents or you have experienced a job loss? Yeah, that's really common right now, Tammy. And I think what we're referring to here are called special circumstances. So considering particularly the pandemic situation, be mindful that your family's financial situation may change after the FAFSA has been submitted due to potentially unemployment or illness. So if this occurs, be sure to report any changes to your college's financial aid office. That's good to know. Um, 
So I've got my offer letter and they've given me the options of student loans um, and grants and whatnot. Um, what if you still don't have enough to cover the costs of your education? This is one of our favorite topics. So if after you've reviewed the offer letter and you believe that the offer and your family's resources are not enough to cover all of your expenses, do not panic. There are other options. So the first thing to do is to try to find free money. So research any and all sources for scholarships. We like to say, leave no stone unturned. Apply to as many scholarships as you can find, as many as possible. Look local first, churches, nonprofits, your employer, your parents' employers. Many organizations offer scholarships that aren't even advertised. And the beauty of this is that one scholarship essay can be repurposed to apply to a variety of scholarships. And so by devoting an hour or two to develop a truly standout essay and scholarship application, it can be a real game changer. There's also a variety of scholarship search engines out there. Just be sure to do some research on those search engines on the internet to ensure that they will meet your specific needs. Also consider this, netting even a $500 or $1,000 scholarship, that's time well spent and it's free money. So if you win several $500 scholarships, those can really add up quickly and help you fill in any of those funding gaps. Another consideration and um, something that's often overlooked is that um, your or your parents' employer may offer scholarships to employees, um, dependents of employees. So that's, you know, as I said, that's often overlooked. And then lastly, see if your college offers a payment plan that allows you to spread out tuition expenses over the course of the year. And those are often referred to as tuition payment plans. So if I've decided to take out student loans uh, to help pay for my education, uh, what are some of the most important things I need to know? Yeah, so again, um, one of our favorite topics right here is, so first and foremost, you wanna make sure that you plan for your college expenses accordingly. So rule of thumb is to borrow only what's necessary once you've figured out what your actual costs are going to be. Again, when reviewing, when reviewing your costs, your direct costs, tuition and fees, for example, are fixed, and those have to be paid for as they are. So uh, once again, student loans have to be repaid. That's, that's one of our main takeaways here. So when you're looking at student loans, federal loans would be the loans that you would want to take out first. So look for, again, terms like direct subsidized, unsubsidized plus loans. These are all federal student loans offered by the federal government through the direct lending program. They're going to offer low interest rates and protections such as deferments, forbearances, and a wide variety of repayment options to fit really most any situation once you go into repayment. You might be tempted to turn to private loans that are offered through banks and other lending organizations, but our uh, word to the wise there is to proceed with extreme caution 
and carefully consider that interest rates may be higher and that these types of loans, private loans, don't offer the same protections like deferments, for example, that federal loans have. So again, if borrowing, exhaust federal student loans first. So uh, Paula and Tom, you provided some really great information today to our listeners, but what are the top three takeaways that you want young people to, to learn? Yeah, certainly, Tammy. Number one would be file the FAFSA on October 1st or as soon as possible. Also, I can't emphasize this enough, is be sure to pay attention to all deadlines related to financial aid. And then second, find free money. Look for scholarships anywhere and everywhere that you can think of. And then third, minimize your student loan borrowing as much as possible. And then overall, know that help is available. Through ECMC's The College Places, we offer free assistance by our qualified college access professionals. And we also offer a wide variety of free college access resources at ecmc.org. Thank you. Thank you both for being here today. And we'll make sure to include those resources on the careforyourfuture.org website so all all of you can access them. And I just want to, again, to say to both of you, thank you so much for your time. This is really great information. Um, and I look forward to having you back. So thank you. Thanks, Thanks Tammy. So much. We look forward to that.